Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are finally going to present the final two for our March Madness, our two-month tournament to find the best book that we have both read in common, the one that will last and be enduring and has themes that will be revisited again and again. So we are going to save that. We'll let you know what book is going up against the idea of you by Robin Lee later in the show. So, but before we get to that, Gail, what have you been reading? This month, um, things slowed down for me a little bit on the reading front, just because I had a bunch of other stuff going on. And I had a few, like, I wouldn't call them a DNF because I didn't get far enough for it to be a DNF, but I got stalled on a few that ultimately I decided to put down. So the ones I'm going to... Will you come back to them at nope, some point? Nope. Returned. Going back to the library. Okay. Done. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can mention what those are. Actually, one of them was a book that I had mentioned on the show that I was excited to read in our spring preview. Which one was that? That one was The Lifeguards by Amanda Earward. I don't know how to pronounce her, her middle name, E-Y-R-E. I had mentioned this one. It's a book about three moms living in Austin who have sons the same age, teenage sons, and they're lifeguards. And like one night, something goes wrong. They come home late at night and there's something, you know, they've, something has happened that they have, that they are sort of not implicated in, but maybe implicated in. And the moms have to kind of like leap into action about like protecting their sons. And I read like the first like 10 pages and I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. I'm really excited about it. And then there were just certain things I just didn't like. I didn't, it's really the writing and nothing to do with the story, but like, I don't know, she would reference things that hadn't happened yet. And I, get, I was confused and I just, I, I made it maybe 40 pages and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not enjoying this. Like <laughs> it's not, this is not working for me. And I was like, why am I pushing this? Um, it's a library book and I have 6,000 other books that I really want to read. So I returned it. So why do you consider that stalled as a, how far would you have to get to figure it's a DNF? A DNF. That's a great question. I would say a DNF is like 25% or more. Okay. This is more just like a you dipped uh, your toe in. Yeah, a sample. Like I, I gave it a try. I mean, I gave it more of a try than I wish I had. Like that was, you know, a couple of days that went by without me read, you know, without me reading anything else. But I'm just, I'm just kind of glad I returned it. Life's too short, and I have too much other stuff to read. And I've kind of hit me yesterday. I started a book that I like, and now I'm like excited to read it. Right. And it hit me yesterday, and people say, "Well, how do you read so much? Or what's the secret to reading? You know, to reading more?" And it's just. It's picking good books. Yeah, reading what you like, what you can't put down. Right. Just finding books that you can't put down. And like if it's a book that you're not into, but you're like trudging through it, it's going to take longer. Yeah. It's just- so I have to admit, our book club book, I've read a couple of pages. I haven't been able to get into it yet. I'm going to give it, I'm going to, this afternoon, I have some time this afternoon. It's going to be nice out. Maybe I'll go out, sit somewhere and try to give it a little bit more of attention. I'll hold my thoughts on it till we have the book club and we okay. discuss it. But I don't, I don't blame you. I don't, it's, you know, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I just feel like that's the key to everything. The key is like, find something you can't put down and then you find the time to read it. Yep. Then you're like grabbing out, you know, minutes here and there and sneaking pages at your son's baseball game. What? <laughs> <laughs> Gail, you're so bad. Theoretically. <laughs> 
Not that that happens. I, mean, I wouldn't do that, but like, I, you know, I suppose other people might do that. At one point he looked at me and he was like, this was two days ago. He had a bunch of games this week and he was like, you were reading when I stole second base. And I was like, what? No, I wasn't. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Back to what I've, back to what I've read. I don't think I, did I mention, I think I mentioned on the show that I was reading. I'm not sure I mentioned that I finished Take My Hand by Dylan Perkins Valdez. Did I say I finished it? I don't I'm just going so. back a little bit. Yeah. So this is the book about a young black nurse in the 70s in Alabama who is assigned to these two girls living in like a, a shack at sort of outside of town. And she's assigned to go to them every month and give them a shot of birth control. And the first time she goes, She's first of all, like horrified at the conditions they're living in because they're living in this like one room, you know, dirt floor house. And secondly, she's like, these kids are like 11 and nine. And like, why am I giving them birth control? Like they don't, they're not having sex. They're like little girls. And so she sort of like starts to feel very invested in these two girls. And she ultimately kind of like works to get the family into better situations like into public housing and you know she kind of gets involved with this family and then when she is not with them something very bad happens to the girls and i mean i suppose if you read the book jacket you'll know what it is but i don't, I don't want to give away too much um and it's done by the government and she is horrified to learn that these girls have been kind of altered like permanently this is it this is coming like a year or two after the tuskegee study and um, she's, you know, absolutely horrified at what's happened to these girls. And she feels tremendously guilty because she feels like it happened on her watch, even though she had nothing to do with it. And she becomes involved in the movement to, you know, bring the government to justice for what it has done to lots of girls and women in Alabama at that time. And it's, you know, so it's historical fiction, but it's very well researched and has deep roots in reality and what, you know, what actually happened with this case. And um, it's very good. And it's like, I learned a lot and it's also just a good story. Well told. She's the author of Wench, which I think you and I both read. Yes. And, um, and it was really good. So that I finished. And I also read for my book club, the Ann Patchett essay collection called these um, precious days which for some reason I'd been kind of putting off because like eh, essays and I was like, oh, these are going to be boring and I don't know if I'm going to like it. And I, I really, really liked them. I ended up feeling very um, invested in the book and like one of those books like I wanted to get back to and was, you know, headphones on the dog walk type thing. And um, it's very good. There were maybe one or two stories that I didn't love, but there were a lot that I really did. And there's a lot of, not stories, essays. There's a lot of essays in the book. The main one, the title essay is called These Precious Days. And it is an essay that she published in Harper's, I think last year. And mm -hmm. I read it at the time because it went viral. And I read it then. And that's the longest essay in the book, although I read it again. And it's so good. It's about her friendship that she develops with this woman, just kind of very randomly. This woman is um, Tom Hanks's assistant. And... Uh, and sort of develops a, like an email friendship with her. And then it turns out that that woman has cancer and needs chemo treatment. And the best chemo program for her is in Nashville, which is where Ann Patchett lives with her husband, who's a doctor. And she moves there at Ann's invitation into Ann's house to do her chemo. And it turns out to be right at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, wow. So they end up like 
the three of them, Anne, her husband, and this woman named Suki, they end up living together in Anne's house for months, like with no, you know, during isolation while she's undergoing chemo. And it's just all about this friendship that develops. It's such a good essay. It's so well told. I don't know. I loved, I really love this collection. I love Anne Patchett and I, and I love the collection. So that's what I finished. And then I have another book that I started, but I'm going to save that for when we talk about um, books that are out now. Okay. How about you? So you're a little bit stalled on, you know, I, yeah, I'm reading Jennifer. Yes, I am. Mercy street. Mercy street. Um, I am going away. Like my family is, <laughs> they won this trip to Atlantic city. They are, you know, they're all in Alabama. So I think they, I don't know. It's like a private jet situation. They're staying at Ooh. the Nevada, So wow. my mom and I are going to go and meet them there. Yeah. I guess they must be pretty high rollers. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> never get invited by jet to go anywhere, but we're going to go out and meet them there. I, like, I'm not a big gambler. I will probably take 20 bucks. And when it's done. <laughs> my one hand is done. I'll be done too. <laughs> so I plan to spend most of my time. The Borgata has a gorgeous pool. They have a nice spa. You know, Atlantic City is on the boardwalk. So I'll do some boardwalking and some shopping and, you know, go to a few nice dinners. I guess I will probably mostly catch up with them over dinner or or meals since I expect that they will be in the casino and I will not. So I'm going to like really, I'm going to take the book with me and it could be just that, you you know, like you said, when you're busy and you have a lot of things going on, you need a book that is going to make you come back to it. And so far, it's just, it's probably a slow burn. Her books can be, take a little bit to get into. Yeah, that's true. On the reading front, I have not read, I haven't really made any progress in the books that I was reading. I think I'm probably in the same place that I was uh, last week, so... You know, I'm reading Strangers in the Train and I'm listening to The Damage Done by Michael Landweber. Oh, right. And how are you liking that one? Well, I was liking it. I just haven't gotten any farther in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that is where I'm at. Hopefully, when I come back the week that we are doing our summer book preview, which will be next time, hopefully I will have have gotten through a few more things. Because I had gotten caught up on on Goodreads. And now- oh. Or I was in within a book or two of of being in back on track, and now I'm now I'm hopelessly behind again. But wow, I'm impressed you were caught up. I'm not. I'm still like three or four books behind. But I'm I'm also in the middle of stuff. So I mean, I just feel like I'm going to be perennial perennially behind until I take some vacation and can just get ahead. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm keeping pace. I'm just behind. If that makes any sense. (laughs) I'm equally behind every month. Okay. So you're keeping, I think that's the best way to do pace it. at being behind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was within striking distance and now it's like, oh, you need to finish 10 books. <laughs> but see, you always can, you, you're good at cramming them. Okay. So what is on your mind? Like what, what new books do you want to highlight for us have gotten your attention? Yeah. Well, a bunch of books I'm really excited about have come through the mail. So I'm very, um, I'm excited about what I have in the house right now. So you mean to tell you what those are? Can I just tell you something really funny? Of course. I think groundskeeping, wasn't it one of the picks for our book club and I didn't pick it? Yes. Like it came to, it was a tiebreaker and I went with Mercy Street. Yep. So my mom went to this book event 
And I saw her after she had gone and she gave me groundskeeping. I guess they were doing giveaways to celebrate. I think it's the third anniversary of this bookstore. Oh, yesterday was also Independent Bookstore Day. Ah, maybe that's why. So they had a bunch of ARCs and people who kind of um, just pick up what they wanted to. And groundskeeping was one of the books that she brought home. Oh, good. I was like, oh, I was going to read that for a book club. And she's like, oh, well, here. <laughs> good. Yeah, that is a good book. I'm not so sure that's like a can't put down. I had, I, I did not find that to be impossible to put down. It was very good, but like it was kind of dense. Right. Yeah. Well, in case I want to give it a try, I didn't even tell her that. I. She's like, oh, you can use it for your book club. And I didn't even tell her that we hadn't picked it. But so it's in the house now. Okay. Good. But you can't read it though, because we didn't pick it and it's a debut author. I know. Maybe one of your other book clubs will pick it. Maybe. All right. So what's what's been showing up on your doorstep? The one I'm the most excited about is the new Linda Holmes book. So this is the author of Evie Drake Starts Over. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get a copy of this because that's like, I just felt like it'd be very, very difficult to get an arc of it's called um, Flying Solo. But I decided I would just go for it and try. And sure enough, it showed up. But what's interesting is I've never seen an arc that looks like this before. So it's it, it's not like a sort of cheaply made paperback, which is what I think most arcs look like, or like hastily made paperback. It's like velo bound. It's like the, the side is that black plastic that's not, um, you know, that's there's no words on it. The cover is that stiff, stiff, hard plastic. And then every page has printed on the on the words, like on the actual page, like property of random house, do not reproduce or whatever. Okay. So I've just never gotten an arc that looks like this. So anyway, I'm very excited because I loved Every Drake Starts Over and um, have been eagerly anticipating this one. And it comes out on June 14th. And I feel very excited that it's in my house. But I don't want to start it yet because it's, I want to read it a little closer to pub date. When is it out? June 14th. Okay. Well, before you know it. True. That's really only like a month and a half away. I keep thinking we're still in April. We're not. No. Today's May 1st. <laughs> so that is one of the ones that came in. And then another book that came in is one you and I have talked about, Marrying the Ketchups by Jennifer Close. And that has sort of un like unintentionally become my blow dry book because I kind of started reading it in the bathroom, like while I was drying my hair one day and it's just sitting there and I'm actually like making decent progress through it as my blow dry book. So it's, it's good. I really like it. I know that was one that you had your eye on. Yes. Well, it's Jennifer close. I mean, I feel like that's really close to style, close to something that we would like to read. Yes, exactly. So it is, uh, the story of a family in Chicago, there is a restaurant that the, there's kind of a patriarch, a grandfather who has died and he has, he ran the restaurant. So in his absence, everyone else has to kind of take over. And it's very character driven book about the various members of this family, their connection to the restaurant, what's going on in their life. Like one of them lives in New York, a couple of them live in Chicago area. And so each chapter, it seems like is giving me an insight into a different member of the family. And it, I'd love her writing, as do you, I know. And so far, it's really good. And that actually came out last week. So that's um, Marrying the Ketchups, uh, which came out April 26th. Then I also got in the door the new Camille Pagan. That one is called Everything Must Go. It came out on April 26th. For some reason, I have not heard anything about this book. Like, I, don't, I haven't heard anyone talking about it. Have you? No. Isn't that something that you kind of mentioned before with 
Camille Pagan. That her books go a little under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's think right. I've known about her either. And I don't know if you were offered one or what happened and you got the first one. And then I think you read a couple. Right. That's exactly right. And I think she came on the podcast. I think she may have come on the podcast when you were out of the podcast for a little while. Yep. She was like a guest that came on. This one is about, it's like a personal organizer and her marriage starts to unravel and then her mother is sick. It's like a typical sort of like family, you know, contemporary fiction book. And this one also came out April 26th and it's now in my house and I'm excited to read this one too. I'm sort of, you know, looking through Goodreads. It looks like it's like three, four, five stars. seems people are vacillating, but mostly four and five star. So um, I, I, I really like her writing a lot. I like her perspective. There were books are always a little unexpected. Like things seem to happen that, you know, you didn't see coming. My favorite one of her books is Forever is the Worst Long Time, which I really, really liked. But I've read some of her other ones. I'm fine and neither are you. She's got great titles. So this one's called Everything Must Go and that's in the door. So I'm very excited. And that we talked about the Tracy Flick Can't Lose book, Mm -hmm. the new Tom Parada, and that I have in the house too. Um, And this is the sequel to Election with the character Tracy Flick, who is portrayed by Reese Witherspoon in the movie. So that is in the house. I'm excited to read that. And then the last one I want to mention is the book I'm reading now, which is the one I read at the baseball game yesterday. (laughs) The one you were not reading. The one I was not reading at the baseball game when Nate stole second. And it's called Like a House on Fire by Lauren McBrayer. I didn't know anything about this book. It was offered to me, you know, by the publicist. And it's about a woman, she must be around 40, maybe in her late late thirties, 40, who has two kids, lives in San Francisco, and she decides to go back to work. She's been staying at home for a while. She kind of gave it a run as an artist, which was like her real passion, but it didn't work out. So she decides to look for a job as an architect, which is what her career had been before kids and before she tried to be an artist full time. So she goes to back to work at an architecture firm and her boss is a woman in, I think in her fifties, who she has this instant connection with. And I think that the, uh, well, I know from the description of the book, I'm not giving it any way, that the relationship turns into something more than just friends. So it's kind of about like this midlife identity crisis, both of professionally and also romantically and potentially like, you know, what's her sexual preference? So I've read that it's, you know, contemporary affection. I've also read that it's kind of reads almost like a queer romance, but so far I'm really liking it. And I'm maybe like 50 or 60 pages in. So this is the book that now I want to read all the time. <laughs> well, that's good. That means yeah. Be- and that came out last week too, April 26th. So those are the like five hot ones that came in the house. I also just picked up Memphis by Tara Stringfellow from the library, which is about I think three generations of a black family in Memphis. It's supposed to be amazing. However, it's also like on the just released three week library checkout schedule. So I'm not sure I'm going to be, and I got it like a week ago. So that means I got to cram it in the next two weeks if I'm going to read it before returning it. So we'll see if that happens. So you'll see if you can renew it. Can you see if it's, Oh, I think it's a new release. Yeah. Yeah. I I doubt I can, I can try, but I, I don't think it'll work so I can just keep it and feel guilty. Because they're not charging fees now, right? I don't think so. DC's not. Maryland might have gone back to fees. I don't think DC has, and this one's from um, the DC library. (laughs) So thank you, DC. 
All right. So I have one book that I want to mention because when I was looking, I stayed within the parameters of my challenge for this year, which is authors that I have already read. And Elizabeth Day has a new book coming out called Magpie. And it is described as single white female meets the perfect nanny. And the tagline is she has almost everything, the rest she'll take. So it's about this perfect couple. And Gail, I'm going to let you guess what the name of the guy is in this perfect couple. It's a name that you have commented pops up quite a bit. Is it Nate? No. Is it Jack? It's Jake. Oh, Jake. I was close. So Marissa and Jake are a perfect couple. <laughs> of um, course. They are- I don't know why I said Nate first. Probably because yeah, that's my I son's you name. Said Jake. <laughs> yeah. Jake I've, I've noticed that Nates are coming up more and more, but you're right. Jake is always the like the perfect every man protagonist. Right. Yeah. Yes. So they are the perfect couple. Um, they've taken on a lodger just to help them with some expenses and to help them with their goal. They want to have a baby. And so there's all kinds of uh, fertility treatments and false starts and things that they're trying to navigate. They take on this new lodger, Kate, and she's basically just all up in their business. Um, she seems to know everything. She seems to like be really familiar with Jake. And, you know, at first Marissa, I think is just kind of like, you know, whatever. She's a little bit over eager, but, you know, we, kind of need the money coming in from this lodger and pretty soon she is going to not be there. But, you know, she's having issues in, in, in conceiving. So Marissa is kind of worried that Kate is more and more overstepping her boundaries. So she starts to do some investigating to find out who Kate is, why she seems to know so much about them. And it says that she might get to the point where all of her searching and efforts to figure this out basically destroys her marriage. So it is out. Um, it's actually coming out on May 3rd. So by the time you guys hear this podcast, it will have been out and you can get it. Um, so yeah, so I haven't read it yet or anything. I do have it here and I'll probably take it to AC and see how, how it goes. That seems like a good, uh, engrossing camp, but down type of read. Yeah. I feel like it'll be a good pool book. Yeah. All right. So the only other things that I will mention are a few book to TV adaptations that are out right now under the banner of heaven, which is based on the book, uh, by John Krakauer is out on Hulu that is the story of, I think, a murder that takes place in a Mormon community. And so it's all about the investigation who found to find out who killed this young mother and her child. Uh, the Shining Girls is on Apple Plus. That was um, kind of like a sci-fi murder mystery that Lauren Bukes had written a few years ago. And it is about this woman who has been assaulted but she can't remember, like she can't remember the face of who's done it. And then there's like this really weird element of it where things in her life just randomly change. Like she has this list, this notebook that she keeps of, of things that are consistent in her life or things that have changed. Like, I don't know, she has this cat. One day she has a pet cat. She looks at the tag, it's Grendel, you know, when she comes from home from work this dog comes to greet her. So it's like random things that happen. 
Mm. And I don't know. So far, it's really well done. Carrie Moss is in it. Um, and it's it's a series. So I think the first two episodes are available now, and they'll probably then release them every Friday, as people have been doing. Pachinko is out, too, on Apple+. Oh, yeah. Plus. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode. It's really good. Um, have you read the book? Yeah, I read the book, too. Do you recommend reading it? Yeah, it was really good. I Oh, you read Free Food for Millionaires. I thought you I had did. read Pachinko. No, I read Free Food like ages ago. Probably really like that. 20 years ago. Um, I really liked it. I liked it. I remember I met her. She was right when Free Food came out and she was, you know, an unknown author and somehow she knew someone who knew my husband or I don't know. I guess I had just started my blog or somehow I got connected to her. And she was reading at a bookstore, signing books at a bookstore near where I worked. And I came and met her. She's just a lovely person, an absolutely lovely person. And we kind of stayed in touch a little bit over the years. And then, I don't know, then it stopped. And then Pachinko came out and I was just daunted because it's very long. And she writes very long books. So it's free food. But I think it's good. It's like this, it's a generational saga of this Korean family who is living in Japan. It's, it's like set during... Uh, a war that was going on between Korea and Japan. And actually they may be living in Korea. I'm I'm not sure if it was, I think part of it is the family Japan was occupying Korea. And then I think they eventually ended up um, moving to Japan. So I don't know. There's a couple of good romances within the story. It's got a lot of historical detail. It's just one of those that's engrossing. It's multi-generational. You learn a lot. Um, I really like, I'm looking forward to, having the time to just sit and get into the series. Maybe I'll do that today. What network did you say it's on? It's on Apple Plus. Okay. And how many episodes is it? Um, I don't know. They tend to be from six to eight on there. It was, And they always do these drops where, you know, they let you watch the first four and then they stretch it out. <laughs> okay. So, but I think probably up by now, there must be six or six of them at least. Okay. So that's my contribution since my reading is not <laughs> what it's been, but I do sometimes get to watch an hour or so of television here and there. Good. All right. So this part of the show, insert drum roll. <laughs> final two. <laughs> the final okay. two. Gail is going to take it away because The Nine Lives of Napolitano by Rose Freitas was the winner. It edged out. Wait, wait. You, you got that wrong. The Nine Lives of Ro- Rose Napolitano by Donna Freitas. Donna Freitas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you said Rose Freitas. Yes. I but you know, her. I think the book is actually very autobiographical, so that your little slip there is not totally <laughs> inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. So it edged out at the wolf's table. At the wolf's table got one vote, you guys. <laughs> uh, all right. So I've got to make the case for both of these books. Yes, you do. So The Idea of You versus... Um, the Nine Lives of Rose Napolitano. I've talked about both of these books many times, Rose especially, because Idea of You Got It By. So what I'm going to say is not going to be so much about the books themselves, but about the role of reading in our lives. Gail, you have to, she has to be careful because I told her she can't. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, express an anyone. opinion. Okay. I'm not going to express an opinion. They're both very enjoyable books to read. No question about it. I think that the idea of you, which is more of a traditional romance, is a very engrossing book. And I think in that book, the author does a fantastic job of getting in the heads, particularly of her protagonist. 
you know, really understanding what it would be like to be in the position of a 40 something woman, 40 ish, I guess 40, who is dating a age inappropriate love interest who, who's relate with the relationship of which they have to keep a secret. So it's just super relatable and um, well-told. And that is a book you literally can't put down because you're just dying to know how does the book end? Does the relationship end? And you feel very invested in the story. Rose Napolitano is different because it is taking on some more universal themes about agency and parenthood and identity and you know, what do you owe to others around you and expectations? Also really well told, very creative story. This is, you know, the book that's told in nine different scenarios. So you explore nine different endings and nine different ways in which this woman's life will unfold after she reaches a crossroads about whether or not she's going to have kids. So the books are very enjoyable and entertaining in the way that books entertain, but I think they tackle very different scopes. You know, idea of you is very personal and and really is about <laughs> one person's experience because it's not every day that 40-year-old women fall in love with boy band members in their or <laughs> in their teens. Whereas Rose Napolitano addresses a question that I think is more universal and that more people experience, you know, the idea of whether or not to have kids. I loved both of these books. I am not advocating for one over the other. I think they're both great choices. Um, I'm trying to decide if I'm surprised that these were the final two. I'm a little surprised these were the final two. I think I probably would have predicted a couple of other ones, but I'm certainly not disappointed that these are the final two. Is that fair? Did I do that without advocating? I think so. You did it. Okay. So we will leave it to you, our final poll. Um, (laughs) So mid-May, you will find out the results of our March Madness book. This Our our tournament is coming to an end. Yeah, in May. (laughs) Well, I don't know. It takes a while. It takes a while. We we only record every other week. It makes sense. Even March Madness. Yeah, I think when we were back when we first did this, we were recording weekly. Yeah, and I, and I was wondering. I was like, "Why is this taking so long?" Yeah, <laughs> and I forgot that. Right, um, but that's fine. It's a two-month tournament. You know, you guys get to think about this and vote. If you've been reading with us, you know, if you overlap with our taste, sometimes you will have your own thoughts about what influences it, and sometimes you get to rely on whether Gail and I uh, did a good job. I'm happy because a lot of my books got knocked out immediately. <laughs> have it. <laughs> To have one make it to the final three, I'm very proud. Yes. And so you guys have been stuck listening to me a lot. So I'm <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> so that's our show for today. Make sure to vote uh, for the either the idea of you or the nine lives of Rose Napolitano, <laughs> not Rose Freitas. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we will be ne- back next time with our summer book preview. And until then, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Reader League can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. <laughs>